11.45. I'm just listening to those opinions, listening to the way everyone is feeling right now. I can't even imagine how we would feel if we were to have the MERS outbreak over again like we had in 2015. Because it, it, it certainly seems to have more of a pronounced impact on society now. Mark Zastro, science journalist, is here to actually broaden the conversation to more an international perspective. But um, but don't you think, uh, Mark, it, 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 just circumstances matter so much in the mood, don't they? Sometimes more than facts. That's absolutely true. You could say that we have a, a pandemic, both of a virus, but also you know a pandemic of, of information, sometimes misinformation. And of and course, it's fear. important that, yes, it's important that we try to mitigate those as well. Um, so well, we're going to look at um, some of the other footholds outside of Korea. Um, Iran has actually been a really interesting case, a very worrying case for many people. Um, so has Italy. Um, and And we'll look at concern about a a pandemic. Maybe we can already speak of a pandemic technically, uh, thanks to Korea, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, for so long, we've been reporting COVID-19 cases in China with just sporadic outbursts elsewhere in the world, which is why we've kept using this word epidemic. Um, Let's start with Italy. That's right. So uh, since Friday, Italy has gone from zero cases to 79 cases. And that includes two deaths, a man and a woman, both in their mid to late 70s. Now, this outbreak is centered around the town of Cadogno in northern Italy. Uh, The government has closed off several small towns in the region. And in Milan, which is the nearest major city, all public offices have been closed and trade shows and even an Armani fashion show uh, have been canceled. And what I guess is particularly notable and potentially concerning about this outbreak is that the man who authorities have traced the outbreak to did not recently travel to China. So it is unknown how he actually contracted the virus. And so much more could be said about that. But let's also talk about the other outbreak that's really on the global radar um, outside of South Korea and Italy, and that would be Iran with uh, 29 cases, but six deaths, right. like, which suggests there may be many more cases we don't know about. That's right. The, the six deaths is the figure that you know, many disease experts are honing in on. Uh, that's more than any other country in the world outside of China at the moment. And it does suggest that there are a lot more cases that are undetected in Iran. Because, of course, we know that the statistics so far show that the fatality rate is about 2%. So if you extrapolate out from six deaths, multiply that by 50, you're looking at, you know, roughly 300 cases, which would be 10 times more than what's been reported so far. And authorities in Iran think that COVID-19 may already have spread across Iran to every major city in the country. Now, the other uh, new countries that have reported cases this weekend are Israel and Lebanon. So that does make three new countries in the last three days. Uh, And then, of course, in China, cases are still rising faster than anywhere else. Yesterday, Hubei province reported 630 new confirmed cases and 96 additional deaths, which brings the total in China to over 76,000 cases, over 2,400 deaths. And countries around the world are having to decide how to respond to travel restrictions whether Korea, for example, should be subject to travel restrictions, whether China should. Mm-hmm. The um, Korean Medical Association has six times issued its stance advising the government to completely limit entry from China. Um, and uh, the virus level alert from its current third notch of orange, they're saying it should be going up a notch, but the government has said it's going to keep it at orange 
although it will carry out urgency appropriate to the, the, the red level. Experts who are against raising that alert level say the precondition for taking the measure is when the virus spreads to all parts of the nation, but the outbreak is having big impacts really only in limited areas. Uh, Seoul, to a certain extent, 24 infections so far, Gyeonggi province also, but particularly Daegu and North Gyeongsang province. Um, Let's look at the US example, Mark. President Donald Trump's reportedly furious over his administration's decision to readmit 14 US citizens who tested positive. That's right. You may remember, of course, that the US evacuated over 300 people off of the Diamond Princess, the cruise ship, quarantined in Yokohama. But on their way to the Haneda airport, it turned out that 14 of them had tested positive for the coronavirus. This was right before they were about to get on the plane. And the result was a conflict between the U.S. State Department and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control over what to do with those 14 people. The CDC did not want those people to return to the U.S., But in the end, the State Department won, and those people were put on that plane, isolated from the others using plastic curtains. Uh, But over the objections of the U.S. CDC, which, according to the Washington Post, demanded that their name be taken off the press release in protest. And it wasn't wasn't until the plane was in the air that President Donald Trump was informed. So it's just one example of the the myriad decisions that countries around the world are now going to have to face outside of Asia. Is this virus still containable, though? Like this idea of a global pandemic, is it even inevitable? Right. Uh, Many experts are saying that not only is it inevitable, but we are already in a pandemic state. Yeah. I I mean, I I was using the word pandemic before just because it was so big in China and happening elsewhere. But apparently, technically, you have to wait for more cases. But it's a kind of gray area, isn't it, before you suddenly say you're in a pandemic? It is. And, uh, you know, what a lot of people are waiting for is for the World Health Organization to formally declare it a pandemic. But uh, you're right. By sort of the medical definition or the scientific definition, you could certainly say that we are in a pandemic now because we are starting to see uh, community transmission outside of just China and in multiple continents around the world. Um, So is this containable? I think the past few days have, have really caused a lot of caused a lot of people to to reassess because it seems like we are entering this new phase where COVID-19 is appearing all around the globe in places not necessarily connected to China, like Italy. Italy was actually the first country in the Eurozone to suspend direct flights to and from China, and yet it is now the first one to report cases. So that kind of maybe tells you something, too, about the effectiveness of travel yeah. plans. So it's all coming together, and it's painting this picture of the strategy that we followed during SARS, where we just try to stop it at its source in China, which seemed to work at that time. It seems like it's not working with this virus. So on Friday, the World Health Organization's Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said that the window of opportunity is still there, but our window of opportunity is narrowing, and we need to act quickly before it closes completely. Now, that was on Friday, and he was responding to the news of outbreaks in Iran, uh, but that was, I believe, before the reports Mm. of the cases in Italy. Yeah, so the WHO seems to now be kind of recognizing that window is very much close to closing uh, as an opportunity. And if we look at the lag period as well, to put some perspective on this, like right now in Korea, there are more than 6,000 people in quarantine conditions awaiting test results. And 767 of them are in the Seoul area. Mm-hmm. And you just need a portion of those to test positive and 
things were right. We don't know which way this this could go. It could, it could still go in any direction. Is another thing that Gabriosis has said. But but to be fair, the vast majority of people who have been tested in here, in fact, it's been twenty two thousand six hundred thirty three suspected cases in this country. Sixteen thousand thirty eight have all tested negative. So. That gives us an idea maybe where the numbers are heading. What does this look like going forward, do you think, Mark? Well, so I I agree with our previous guest that, you know, even if this is not containable, uh, you know, in in the scientific sense of the world, of the word, we still need to maintain a sense of proportionality. Um, you know, we've said all along that this was one of the possible outcomes that this novel coronavirus could become endemic, like the four other coronaviruses that are sort of constantly circulating and causing, you know, the common cold. Um, it could maybe always be here with us. It could wind up being seasonal. You know, right now it looks like it's behaving like a really bad flu, a particularly nasty flu. And so we may be moving from this containment phase to mitigation. A particularly nasty flu, which in some people doesn't really cause severe symptoms, though. So it's odd in that respect. That's right. But just similar to to influenza, right? Normally, it it does kill a certain number of people. But normally, when you get influenza, even even if you come out of it completely unscathed, you know, like... When you're at the peak of the of the infection, you feel like it feels bad. You don't want to do anything. Yeah, well, and I think it's but it, it's a it's a range of there's a there's a spectrum mm. of, of outcomes, right? And for some people, it hits particularly hard, and for some people, uh, it doesn't. Okay. Um, well, thank you for being here, Mark Zastro. Today, it's been a pleasure as always having your input, uh, and, and good luck yourself. Are, are you going to be doing anything particularly different? Do you think in the coming days? Just the the standard procedures of uh, washing my hands. Well, let's get a bit more in the way of standard procedures, shall we? This is the advice from the Korea Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Wash your hands with soap and water, especially your palms and under your fingernails. That's the sort of advice all our grandmothers should be giving us anyway, I think, even at the best of times. But also, here's some more common sense. Cover your mouth with your sleeve when coughing. Um, it's not really pleasant to cough into your hands, I don't think, anyway. Um, wear a mask when visiting health facilities, particularly uh, if you have respiratory symptoms yourself, like coughing. Inform your travel history to medical staff when visiting health facilities. Some of them will be surveying you anyway when you enter. Uh, consult with the KCDC call centre at 1339. That's 1339 if you're suspected of contracting this disease. Recommendations when travelling to China would be don't touch affected animals. Like That could be poultry as well. Avoid visiting local markets and health facilities there. Don't contact people who themselves have a fever or respiratory symptoms. Do wear a mask when coughing, again like here. Cover your mouth with your sleeve when coughing and comply with personal hygiene recommendations. Uh, report uh, the health questionnaire upon arrival after travelling to infected regions in China. And if you have a fever or respiratory symptoms, again that number 1339. We will have much more on this outbreak tomorrow Tomorrow, this morning from 7 to 9 a.m., I dare say, based on the last few days' pattern, we might end up in a situation where we have a few more cases to report. Um, We're just getting news of 11 more confirmed in Busan, so 16 in total there. Stay with us for far more details on TBS EFM, bringing you accurate news as it happens and doing our best to battle misinformation.